Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Going in raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey, Brent Steve here. And Larson. I'll do it this time. Welcome back to Matt Chat. It's the show where the friendos who are kicking in $20 a month or more on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. Uh, get their videos questioned. Their videos, their video questions. Their videos questioned. Their videos. Well, we do question them quite a bit uh, in private, not here on the show. Uh, no, man. They, the the friendos they uh, send in their video questions for us either to converse over or debate. Yeah, and uh, we're happy to do this. This is like my favorite show, man, because it's like all these different crazy personalities sending us stuff. I think it's fantastic. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real show, Steve. It's a real slice of the friendo community, uh, given uh, human form, uh, and its good representatives. Uh, what's our first question today? Uh, our first question is from Thayer Thabata. Oh, I love him. Let's see what Thayer has to say. Who should take the universal title off Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, or Seth Rollins? Thank you, Thayer Thabata. Thank you, Thayer. All right. He's got that. I don't know if it's still going or not. He's running that raffle, the Facebook Friendoverse group. They have an all-in ticket. They have an all-in ticket, but you have to not have an all-in ticket or at least claim that you don't have one. Um, Who should take the universe title off of uh, Brock? I'm going to say Seth Rollins right now. Okay. Why? Um, Going with the hot hand. I feel like right now Seth Rollins is, is the most over. Super hot. Uh, star on Raw. Yeah. Um, he's been putting forth incredible match after incredible match after incredible match. There is a built-in story as well, going back several years between Seth and Brock. Of course, it was Seth who cashed in Money in the Bank, WrestleMania 31 main event, uh, won the WWE title, which was then being held by Brock Lesnar. You know, He didn't pin Brock uh, at that show. Nonetheless, Seth has won to win the belt from Brock. Um, and then Brock finally got his rematch at, oh, I can't remember what show. He was beating the heck out of Seth Rollins. This is when Seth was still champ. Tossed him all over the place. Match was interrupted by The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Brock never got 
his his chance to pin Seth Rollins in the middle of that ring. You can bring all of that up. We haven't seen those two cross paths, I don't think, since that match, which is two years ago, or if not more. Um, uh, given the backstory between the two of them, given uh, the 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 insane level. Seth is operating on right now. I feel like he could pull a really good match out of Brock like AJ Styles did Mm -hmm. back at Survivor Series um, and say if this happens at SummerSlam and this is Brock's goodbye, um, I think I'd feel more confident with him in the ring against Seth uh, because Seth can pull a decent match out of him. um, And I worry that if Brock knows he's out the door, he's going to do what he did at WrestleMania 20, kind of lay a dud because he doesn't care. Yeah, that's he doesn't true. care. So for the quality of the match, Seth Rollins. So I'm, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It would definitely be a better match. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going to say Braun, and I'll tell you why. I think Braun and the company would benefit more from him being the guy. Look, whether we like it or not, right now there is that thing about beating Brock Lesnar. They've made it into a thing, and it's kind of annoying because it could it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Seth's history with Brock is muddy enough to make that less of a thing with Seth Rollins. We know Seth has already had the WWE championship. We know what he did to get the championship. With Braun, because he hasn't climbed that mountain yet of world champion. I feel like he needs one huge feather in his cap for his career to really skyrocket the uh, the way that it, it should, the way that the WWE can really profit off it. Um, and I think I think you're right about Brock Lesnar probably saying goodbye. I think he's going to be gone. It wouldn't surprise me if he was gone for a long time, maybe even ever, maybe not. I mean, they offer him a lot of money, and they've got a lot of money now to offer him. But I think his next loss is going to be the biggest, the biggest, uh, the biggest victory for whomever beats him. Yes, it's going to be you know you got the Undertaker streak wrapped up in in Brock beating. Roman all those times and all those people that Brock has beaten on the way there, including Braun. Yeah. I just feel that because Seth has so many accolades to his name, his resume is so stacked and Braun, while it's still impressive, still lacks that big thing. I feel like for the company, for Braun, for the story all told together, I think it makes it for me. I think it would make more sense for Braun to start really putting some some big accolades on his own resume, beating Brock Lesnar would be the way to do it. Um, here, here's one other aspect I think uh, that I may prefer about Seth winning. Um, it's a few months back, but he gave this really impassioned promo about how when he won the title the first time around, he did it the wrong way completely. Oh, sure, and yeah. And if he were to beat Brock, if they built, everything would yeah. kind of come full circle if for they, him. And, and here's the thing, I would mark out huge if they made that the story, if mm-hmm. they if they really did. I'm not sure how much they want to play around with his with his past as a heel. I'm not sure how much they want to bring up because there was a lot of stuff going on. They had the triple threat with him and John Cena and Brock Lesnar. They had a lot of stuff going on back then. That was before Seth was, uh, was champ. Um, yeah, no, I know. But, oh, okay. you know, okay. still, like, his yeah, yeah. history with yeah, Brock yeah, yeah. Lesnar is what I'm talking about. Um, so there was, like, a lot of stuff. See, you say that, and I, and I was like, okay, 
I, that, that's fine. If you were to ask me when he did that triple threat with, with Brock and John, was Seth champion yet? I just said, I don't know, but maybe. Was he still Mr. He was still Mr. Money in the Bank, right? Yeah, Brock the champion. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Who knows? That's what I mean when I think his history is a bit muddied because it happened a couple of years ago and there was so much going on in that span of time, including Seth's really long title reign, that I think Braun would be just crystal clear. He beats Brock. He has that in his cap. Meanwhile, Seth has already done a lot. Yeah. And I don't think it would benefit him as much as it would benefit Braun. And I think, uh, but I would mark out huge for either. It's a know, win-win so. situation. It for really WWE. is. They decided to put the Universal Championship and to be on honest, either of them. I would probably mark out more for Seth because of the because of the size matchup. You know, with Braun, it's believable. With Seth, he's the underdog. He's going to have to go the extra mile and then some to, to get the advantage, yeah. And if he beat him clean, mm-hmm. oh, that would be that would be insane. That would be Massive. absolutely crazy. Massive. How many, how many stomps would it take? Three. Yeah, three is my number. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Although, how many uh, spears did uh, Brock kick out of at Mania? It was a few, oh, wasn't it? Pff, I don't know. What was it, like four or five, uh, something like that? I kind of want to forget that. It was match. cartoon. It was, it's so cartoonish. Yeah. It's so dumb. It really is. Anyways, let's move on. I love A.O. Worm. He's yeah. got a question coming up right now. Let's see what it is. Hey, guys. What's going on? A.O. Worm here back with another Matt Chat question. So, Steve Larson, do you think WWE would benefit more from developing a more strong style type of wrestling? Like more striking, more strikes, punches and kicks, knees versus them just doing rest holds all the time? All right, guys, take it easy. Too sweet, hearty handshake. I'm out. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Thank you. Um, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think there has been a trend lately. You see guys like Nakamura. Uh, Alistair Black with his striking. You see Shayna Baszler, who's coming from MMA. Ronda Rousey coming from MMA. Um, although, granted, she's more of a submission person. Um, yeah, I think you know, Samoa Joe. I think that seems to be where things are headed. I think if they want to play with this sort of blurry line, if you will, as much as they can blur it between legit MMA and WWE, if you want to appeal to those uh, UFC fans, I think that is sort of the direction you want to go into. I am a big fan of of, of the WWE of wrestling offering up a wealth of styles. Um, however, I think if you look at the uh, some of the bigger successes in recent history, um, names that I just mentioned, I think that that's sort of where they're leaning towards. You know, Regal said Triple H's mandate for who you're bringing in is does this guy look like he can kick somebody's ass? And I think that's kind of hand in hand with the mixed martial arts, uh, you know, striking type stuff. Um, in addition to maybe submission wrestling, I like it all. I think there's a place for all of it, but I think they probably can't go wrong if they're looking at guys to fill in the top spots with uh, and 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 women um, with some, some badass strikers. I yeah. think you, can, you can't go wrong with that. Well, it, it kind of, it kind of depends on how, ex, how far you extend with the definition of strong style. Are we just talking, uh, employing more worked strikes or are we talking <clears throat> a more physical style overall? If you're talking more work strikes, like what Nakamura is doing now completely, I'll be on board with that. The problem is if you take a uh, strong style, um, to the degree with which they do it in new Japan, mm-hmm. this would pose a problem in WB because of their schedule. Um, talents are usually wrestling 150 
uh, singles matches, or if you're a tag team, that many tag matches over the course of the year, sometimes more than that. They're on the, the road 250, 300 days a year. Um, wrestling, those type of physical matches, uh, even half the time, is going to take an incredible toll on their bodies. There's a reason that New Japan fills up the car with a lot of tag matches. It's to spare the wear and tear of, of that kind of style on their talents on a regular basis. Um, and that'd be my primary concern if they start working a stiff, strong style, um, is that injuries would mount quickly. I mean, they're, you know, given how uh, far the WWE style has already uh, gone the last few years, we've seen a rise in injuries, it seems like. Um, you know, Seth Rollins has had two knee injuries in the last, what, three, four years because he wrestles a really high-impact style. Yeah, but that's not... He doesn't wrestle strong style. I'm not saying he does, but he wrestles a high-impact style and doesn't dial it back for house shows. Yeah, but if you look at the... Hold on a second. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, last house show we went to... They were like they they were it was it was uh, it was uh, Rollins and oh and Ambrose and Ambrose, Ambrose versus, definitely dialed it back versus the Bar and they were just like you know they weren't even coming within right. six inches right. of striking we'll each other. He's, he'll still do like he'll still do his 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 kind of trademark moves. Yeah, yeah. And some of which will take a toll sure. on the knees. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm not saying they're taking. Yeah. Um, and that would be my 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 lone hesitation about going. I mean, you can start to. I mean, we've seen it over the course of of, of Probably the better part of the last decade. I mean, going back to when Daniel Bryan came around, around WWE in 2009, 2010, he was employing a lot of strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a, 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 a recent change. There's been an evolution um, in terms of making maybe some aspects of the WWE style a bit more believable, a bit more MMA-inspired. Um, so that my lone hesitation is just how stiff, how far do you go with it, you know? You start doing top rope dragon suplexes. You know, like we saw Kenny Omega and Okada do in their first Wrestle Kingdom match. Oh that kind of stuff. yeah, I mean, look when you're when you're going to that. I mean, yeah, there's 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 strong style working stiff, and there's you know there's a striking. See, I I would think, and I have no idea. We should bring Adam Mayhem on the show to ask him this, um, or he can just send us a super chat one day and let us know. <laughs> that cracked me up during your show with Luchando. And he said, Adam Mayhem, you know, fill us in on the info. $2 super chat, Adam Mayhem for champ. And then just a regular chat. Well, here's the detail. God, I love him. Anyways, um, is, is a striking-based offensive set for a wrestler a safer way to go because you're controlling your strikes? You're, yeah. you're the one sort of in control of them as opposed to, you know, uh, offense that sort of throws people around power based offense where you're doing power bombs and choke slams and stuff like that, which, you know, when your body's hitting that mat, it's probably not feeling very good. Yeah. As opposed to me, you know, chopping you right here or giving you a forearm right here. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's, that sucks, but you're not doing any long term damage and you're not really, you know, does it hurt? Probably. You know, are you going to wake up the next morning hurting? Well, yeah, but probably not as bad as like a power bomb or a choke slam. So, I don't know. I, it kind of depends on, on Strong Style. Like, yeah, with their schedule, would they wrestle the kind of matches that you see in New Japan? Probably, I hope yeah, not. Yeah, they could do that. <laughs> you don't want to get People injured. People will get hurt all but the time. But then if you look at the, if you look a lot of the injuries that have gone down, what, what, what did Samoa Joe have when knee. he was gone? A lot of knee injuries, a lot of like, you know, a lot of knee injuries. Um, I'm not sure if the injuries that have happened have been a result of a stronger style. No, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that's the case, that it is. But I'm saying the injuries that have come about, it just feels like there's a lot more, especially knee injuries. Yeah. But maybe we're just more in tune with the product and, 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 and mm-hmm. maybe their WB is just actually uh, 
like giving those people time off. Yeah, no, that could <laughs> be. hurt. Everybody should just wrestle like Baron Corbin. Can we just agree to that, please? All right. Okay, good. Uh, next up, we've got, oh, my favorite Matt Chat name, TNA for life. Larson, hold on a second before I run this. TNA, Cruise of Jericho, a partnership for the ages. Again, I have to say I told you so. No, you said you were about the possibility of Jericho actually going to Impact. Not that this they would. Is ste- if you don't think this is stepping the toe in the water. Chris should- Jericho's helping a friend out. That's all it is. <laughs> what friend is he helping out? Don Callis. Oh, he'll help him big time by showing up on no, Impact. He's not, he's Let's a- run this question from no. TNA for Life. Yes, yes. Here's from TNA for Life. What's up, friendos? It is TNA for Life here for another Matt Chat question. And Stephen Larson, I want to know. If you could pick one person in the whole WWE, 205 Live, NXT, the whole WWE umbrella to win the Money in the Bank men's match, who would it be? You know, it doesn't have to be someone in the match right now. It could be literally anyone in the WWE. For me, if I could pick, it would either be Kevin Owens or Pete Dunne. I feel like those two guys would just, you know, they're the perfect, like, opportunistic heels to hold that briefcase. I want to know who would you love to see hold that briefcase and have a nice run with it. Thank you very much. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace out. Thank you, TNA for life. Thank you, TNA for life. Oh, oh. I got to go first, don't I? Uh, no. Yeah, I, I you went first, first last time. I go first this time. Oh, yeah, okay. We did Fair it, enough. We did it backwards the first question. Fair enough. Um, I still like my booking scenario I pitched a long time ago of, of Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura, being in the Money in the Bank match um, uh, rather than facing AJ Styles for the WWE title. Instead, say, have Samoa Joe facing AJ Styles. Um, Nakamura wins Money in the Bank um, during or after, probably during, the main event, AJ versus Joe, low blow, cash in, Kinshasa, pins him, pins AJ Styles in the middle of the ring. Yeah. I thought that'd be the, a great way to continue the feud. Yep. I thought it'd be a great way to get heat on Nakamura as a heel. I thought mm-hmm. it'd be a great way just to build the story up. They've been doing a pretty good job. The contract signing oh, yeah, I think segment this good. last yeah. week was really fun. Yeah. I just thought this would add an, an extra dimension to the storyline. It would have fit in with Nakamura's current character. Um, uh, I, I just thought that would have been fantastic. Yeah, I think that'd be really good. I like that answer. Um, I'm going to go, however, with the real rock and roll of Finn Balor. I think uh, Finn kind of needs something. I don't think he's going to win. Um, I would no, love he had to his s- main a big moment on Raw. Yeah, I would love to see that happen. I don't think it is. Um, I do still think that Vince could wake up and say, I want to change it to Finn. I feel like it's more likely he'll do that with Joe at this point. I feel like Finn needs something that resembles a, a title, a win, a real win. Um, even with Seth Rollins, I feel like their latest uh, sort of sort of pseudo feud um, really sort of did a lot more for Seth than Finn. Mm-hmm. Finn had sort of a sneaky win, and then Seth picked up a couple of victories on him. Um so I, I think Finn kind of needs that thing. It would open the door perhaps for him uh, to either go tweener or full heel. Um, yeah, I, I really would have loved to have seen. I, I would really like to see Finn pick that up. I think the crowd would, would really love it, and it would give him something that he, he just needs that. And on top yeah, of that, yeah. I think it'd be great if he said, hey, you know what? Guess who's going to be in the main event at WrestleMania? I don't care who has the title next year but I'm going to be the challenger 
and then there you go. You know, then yeah. you can set that up. Yeah. So uh, I, I like that. I always like that scenario. I wish they would do that at some point. Oh, I know. Say. Me too. I'm hoping if a, a face wins Money in the Bank um, in either of the matches this year, that uh, uh, that 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 person does that. Because I think are just... faces above. I wonder the opportunistic if, if, cash if we're at the point where faces are not above. It takes the right face, though. Like yeah, if Braun right. were to do it, yeah, it would make all the sense in the world. It would make all the sense yeah. for Braun to do it. Like if, if yeah, if he's going to cash in on Lesnar, if he, if he, say the main event of SummerSlam is Seth versus Lesnar, and Braun about halfway through just cashes in, power slam to Brock, he wins. Crowd would pop huge. Yeah, you're probably right. That's about fine that. for Brock, but like say if Bob Roode did it, the pro- okay. So here's without the thing. without like a heel turn attached to it, it'd seem weird. Yeah, it would. Or Finn, for that matter. Although Finn could, I think Finn could probably pull it off. I'll put it this way. If it's in the middle of a monster match and it was a Bob Roode or a Finn, see, if the problem with Braun doing it during a Seth versus Brock match is that we're going to want Seth to win that. Braun will kind of spoil that. I'm not huge on that. If Braun did it during a Roman uh, Brock match, the way Seth did it, People would pop huge because yes. you're getting out of the worst case scenario. Yeah, they, Either of those guys yeah, yeah, winning. Yeah yeah. 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 So it can happen. Uh, next up, we've got Broken Steve. Let's see what he has to say. Another money in the bank question. Hey, friendos. Broken Steve here. Back with another Matt Chat question. My question for you this week has to do with money in the bank. What would be a better scenario? The Miz winning and going the entire summer fighting Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship or Braun Strowman winning it and going the entire summer walking on random people's farmlands trying to find Brock Lesnar. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Broken Steve. That Thank question you, was Steve. wonderful. Wonderful. You yeah. go first this time. That was the laziest. Wonderful. I didn't have right? coffee before you started. Usually. We oh, I'm sorry. Should we have done that? No, it's fine. Okay. I'll power through. Uh, I was actually going to go with Miz. I was on the fence between on that last answer between Finn and Miz. I think it would be a fantastic number one. You're, there's a, there's so many different ways you can go with this. Miz winning money in the bank, I think would be fantastic because you set up so many potential opportunities there. What if the Miz cashed in on AJ or Shinsuke at the end of their match? You get that going on. And then you have the possibility of, Ms. Samoa Joe, Ms. AJ Styles, Ms. Shinsuke Nakamura, Ms. Uh, uh, who's the one? Oh, Daniel Bryan. Obviously, Daniel Bryan. The more intriguing, even even maybe even past Daniel Bryan, even though I think that's super intriguing. The Miz cashing in on John Cena, revolving around John Cena's seventeenth world title victory. That, I think, would be a lot of fun if they did that at WrestleMania um, or if they set that match up at WrestleMania. What if Miz, for once, didn't do the opportunistic cash-in, said, John Cena, I'm going to be the guy who stops you from winning that 17th title. Whatever John Cena match is set up for like a world title, I don't know who it would be. Miz inserts himself before the fact as a triple threat with the sole aim of preventing John Cena from getting that and he succeeds, and then it sets up a John Cena versus Miz thing. I think that could be a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of things you can do. The Miz can be can be put. You've called him the glue before of the WWE. He can be placed into so many different situations, regardless if the other person is a healer face. It can work with the Miz. I think because of that versatility, the Miz holding that briefcase is a, a, a good idea. Yeah, that's, that's a good answer. I'm going to say Braun, though. Um in my mind, the idea of Braun carrying around that briefcase 
like Brock doesn't get anxious. Doesn't seem like. But the concept of Braun cashing in at any moment, mm-hmm. I feel like would would maybe be enough to give Brock some anxiety. Okay, that'd that's be fun. That's something different we haven't seen. I think it would be fun because I think Braun would really enjoy that. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, we finally get to see Braun uh, get his win from Brock after that kind of lame match at No Mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, just all in all, I feel like Braun, he's the next guy. He will probably be the next face of the company. Him or Seth, it's a toss-up, and it's a win-win. It's, it's, it's a win-win um, for WB, regardless which way they go. Um, Braun is is immensely over. Is Roman? Are, are we past the point of Roman being in the conversation no, for I, face of the company? I, 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 he's I, lurking in the background. Yeah, he's he? behind Seth. <laughs> right, you know yeah. that gif of Seth going <laughs> from behind Roman instead of Roman is doing this. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's what it is. That's good. No, I mean, as long as, as Roman is employed by WWE, <laughs> as long I as think he has a heartbeat, possible, yeah. Vince will say he's still my guy. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Uh, next up, uh, Mr. Dope is, is really curious about a certain constable in the WWE. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos, it's Mr. Dope here. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing with Baron Corbin. It seems like they're wasting him to me. What do you guys think? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dope. Thank you, Mr. Dope. What? Man, I wish we had an answer for this question. What the F are they doing with Baron Corbin? They're making him uh, well, a, pe- a peace officer. Let's, 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 an let's, advocate. let's do a quick recap of his time on Raw since the star shakeup. So he quickly was put. But, hold on. Before, pre-shakeup, not to interrupt you. Pre-shakeup, we had heard in the rumor mill and obviously was a load of BS that they wanted big things for him. They well, were going to push him. Well, I mean, he, he's got an official title within the WWE now. That's a pretty huge development, yes. Okay, so you're... Of course, it was preceded by a, 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 someone of a feud against No Way Jose. Yes, it was. I, I still go back to him and Jinder showing up on Raw on the same time, superstar, state, superstar shakeup. I thought, I thought a million different ways that the roles would be completely reversed. Number one, I would love to see a Constable Jinder. I think oh, that would be great. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. Gerd Engel, go talk to those girls and tell them that they lost. <laughs> Anyways, that could have been a lot of fun. But we have Baron Corbin, the constable. Constable Corbin. I thought their roles would have been switched. Jinder has a high-profile match with Roman Reigns, which he's going to lose. Oh, yeah. Um, unless, well, unless, hey, unless... You know, that's one thing we forgot to mention during our Raw review is... Roman keeps on going back to what has Jinder Mahal done? Yeah, what the heck? I'm like, he was just United States champion, and before that, he was WWE champion. Yeah, man. What have you done? I know. Anyways, um, getting back to Baron Corbin, I don't know. I don't know if if it's a matter of they want to be high on him, and he just keeps on peeing in somebody's duffel bag. I don't know. I don't know if they're if if who's put off by him. Um, I honestly don't, you know how we've talked about, we talked about this on count out yesterday, how Alberto Del Rio in person seems to be a very charming individual. It just doesn't really come across on TV in our own experience anyways. And I'm like, I wonder speculation if that's why he's always been able to succeed because in person, when you're there with the guy making the decisions, it's like, yeah, he comes I want is very charming. Yeah. Big things for this guy. Yeah. I wonder if Corbin's the opposite. Like, well, not the opposite, but the inverse. Like, he doesn't really have much charisma on TV or charming on TV, but also backstage, he's like just even yeah, less but, than Yeah, but that. like all the other boxes he checks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like he's, he's tall. Big, he's relatively athletic. Decent wrestler. Decent wrestler. He's getting better on the mic, but yeah. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. He's got a great look to him. I yeah. like his look. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I think he just, I don't know. Here's another thing, too. The creative on Raw has not been that great. No, it hasn't. It has not. But then if you look back, well, yeah, it, it is weird. Something happened at that shakeup. Something happened on SmackDown. No, I think it is. I think Mixed Match Challenge ended. And so whatever. Who, whatever dude was doing, is it, if it's Ryan Ward, that's the name I heard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who he is. Yeah, he was a head writer in SmackDown, and he was in charge of the Mixed Match Challenge. To me, now all his intentions back on SmackDown. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who's but doing I, 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 I don't even know if it's as much Maybe it's as Vince. That. Maybe Vince I just th- likes SmackDown. I honestly think it was just a situation where they had that god-awful Shane storyline shoehorned to dominate SmackDown for four, five, six months. Now that that's gone, mm-hmm. all the stories now have plenty of time to develop. Yeah, but, dude, even the women's division on SmackDown was trash. Like, the writing was just bad. Yeah, I know. You know? So I don't know. I, I honestly think that there was some sort of shift in creative. Or, hey, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody just found a spark. Sometimes you just don't have it yeah. and you do have yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. So that's the Charlotte. Or maybe, they may, maybe whoever's writing it, maybe Road Dog, didn't have it. And now he's writing his story via Charlotte's. Here, here's what it is. This is what it is. Crisis it's, of confidence. Road Dog had to spend so much creative energy figuring out all the moving pieces in that Shane Daniel Bryan storyline and keeping track of Vince's whims week to week in terms of who is going to be a face and who is going to be a heel, that, that he, that's all he had the mental energy for. Could be. He couldn't concentrate on anything else. Yeah. Now that that's out of the way, mm-hmm. he is free to explore all these other storylines. It could be. What if he's like freaking Orson Welles, man? Could be. He's, he's giving us the Citizen Kane of wrestling right now. Could be. Could be. Could be. Citizen Kane. All right, next Next up. from B.O. 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 All right. Hey, friendos. Um, B.O. here. Work on that. Uh, First time questioner. I guess questioner is the right word. Long time viewer. Anyways, cut to the chase. Um, I want to talk to you guys or ask you this question here about (sighs) Lars Sullivan needs to win the NXT title. That's plain and simple. NXT needs a fucking monster heel fucking champion at this moment because he's the biggest fucking cartoon in the room. And after he fucking caught fucking Aleister Black's foot, like it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it... Anyways, um, yeah, so your opinion. I mean, does Lars Sullivan need to be NXT champ? And if Lars Sullivan isn't the one who beats Aleister Black, he's got to be beaten by SummerSlam time. So wherever they're Brooklyn for, whatever. Yeah, he's going to lose by that point. But who do you think would beat Aleister Black in Brooklyn? All right. Thanks. Go Bills. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, B.O. Although, you, given B-O. his own response to his intro, I'm not sure if that's going to stay his I name. A, I have a feeling that's not going to stick around. He might He might be in the middle of a, of a repackage, yes. if you will. Anyways, yes. uh, who needs to beat Alistair Black? Larson, you go first. Well, here, let's talk. There's two separate questions here. First, does Lars Sullivan need to be NXT no, champ? No, no, no. He's a monster. If no. you're a monster, that's a title unto itself. Yeah, so what I kind of expect to happen, he'll lose to Alistair Black. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling they want Alistair Black to kind of be the next uh, Finn Balor mm-hmm. of NXT, the guy they're going to build around for the next year or so. Yeah, yeah. In which case, he beats Lars Sullivan, um, and then Lars can get brought up to Maine like after SummerSlam or something like that. There's not If he's not going to win the NXT title, there's not much else for him to do. He's been firmly established as the monster in NXT. You can bring him up to Maine and have him fill that same role, say, over on SmackDown, since we already have Braun over on Raw mm-hmm. pl- filling that role. So the answer to the second part of his question. Which, which should 
how girl I don't know which what the next Survivor Series would be. Oh, Braun versus yeah. Lars Sullivan at Survivor Series. That'd be great. That that's what you need to be. That's what Survivor Series needs to be. Yes. So it's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, so who beats Alistair Black? Um, uh, I think it's going to be Ricochet. I think Ricochet's going to take the NXT title off him. Um, from the get go, Ricochet said his aim is the NXT title, um, and I think it, it would be a, a bummer if his NXT career. Um, ended without him winning that belt. Um, it's going to be a little bit because I feel like, as I said, Alistair Black, Black's going to have that belt for a long time. Um, so it might be next uh, WrestleMania weekend takeover. So be takeover in New York, Brooklyn, probably. Um, so that would be my guess. So next April, Ricochet, NXT champion, beating Alistair Black in a seven-star match. I think uh, your scenario might be more likely than mine. However, I would much rather... Um, Alistair Black have to reface D-R-E-A-M Dream I want Velveteen Dream to take that title off of Alistair Black we saw their feud last year which was absolutely stellar very simple very effective fantastic match the Velveteen Dream is only getting bigger and bigger he's probably going to lose this match against Ricochet but I don't really think Velveteen Dream is one of those guys who losses I don't really feel hurts him that much However, he does need to come out on top for one of these high-profile feuds. Um, and I feel like maybe if he gets wins like he does against guys like Cassius Ono, eats uh, only losses to guys that absolutely need to go over, like Ricochet, but then comes back around, wins some big number one contender match uh, to, to have a rematch against Aleister Black. Won't hurt Alistair Black much because he had already uh, beat Velveteen Dream. Before he goes to main roster, he'll get to put Velveteen Dream over to win the NXT Championship. I think that would be very special. I think Velveteen Dream is very, very special. Yeah. I kind of wonder if he's going to be... I mean, we've heard rumors that, that they want him for main sooner than later. I hope that's not the case mm-hmm. because I, I'm not optimistic in terms of, of how creative is going to handle him. On the main roster. That being said, Patrick Clark is so immensely talented. Oh, yeah. I also kind of feel like he'd be able to roll with the punches. He's, to me, you know, like we we look at Cody Rhodes as a guy who whatever the WWE gave him, he was able to work, you know, with and and excel in. Yeah. I feel like Patrick Clark might be the same guy. It's funny how many different people from the, the wrestling world are looking at Velveteen Dream, like John Cena, just the other day, I know, pointed out how much how impressed he was with him. I'm pretty sure Triple H said something pretty glowing about him. I think HBK said something glowing about him. He's a special individual, and I would love to see the one guy who could take down Aleister Black finally would be the guy that he simply wanted Aleister Black to say his name. Now he's at the point where he can take his title like six months a year from now or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be absolutely special. Both awesome answers. Yes. Uh, next, we got a question from Minnesota Joe. Let's Ooh, see what Minnesota Joe has yeah. to say. Hey, friendos. It's your undisputed goateed champion of the entire friendoverse, Minnesota Joe, with another Matt Chat question. Probably my, own, my most ambitious one yet. Okay, so Steven Larson, I can tell you guys probably don't want to end up wrestling someday, which, all right, I get it. You guys are probably more guys of comfort. You know, you probably don't want to take bumps and stuff, but imagine you get sent to a dimension where WWE, New Japan, all the wrestling companies come together and they're all best buds. You know, Matt Riddle's handing out joints to everybody. They're all friendly. And uh, 
every they all say to you, Steve Larson, we want you on our card for WrestleMania Kingdom of Honor, whatever the hell the show is going to be called. And you each get one singles match of any opponent who's alive today. Any wrestler who's still living, you get to uh, face. And then you get to face any tag team together for the main event. Choose wisely. Let's see what you guys come up with. Thanks, friendos. Thank you, Minnesota Joe. Thank you, Minnesota Joe. Wow, so it's Wrestle WrestleMania Kingdom of Honor. Yeah. Whatever he called it. I think that's a fantastic name for a pay-per-view. Um, Who would you want your opponent to be? Oh, it's easy. Kota Bushi. He, here's the thing, dude. You need somebody who can wrestle a blow-up doll to a five-star match because I'm terrible. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's maybe, given that he was able to wrestle a blow-up doll to a pretty darn good match, I think my odds are pretty good that he'd be able to bring me to at least like a three-and-a-half-star match. I go with Kota Ibushi. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to say for kind of the same reasons, although he never wrestled a blow-up doll as far as I know. As far as I know. Kazuchika Okada. Oh, he man. seems to be able to get a good match out of anybody. True. And I'm going to need all the help I can get. Yeah. Well, here, here, okay, here's the thing, though, man. You want to be careful. We haven't seen... My other my my other answer is going to be AJ Styles mm, mm-hmm. because he's a guy who's been able. We've seen him take lesser opponent, like severely lesser opponents, yeah, and bring them up to good matches, and yes. bring them up to good matches. With Okada, in our own personal uh, experience, we've only seen him against top tier quality opponents. We don't know what he could do against a blow up doll. We don't know what he could do about a couple of forty year old suburban dads. I'm guessing Okada can work wonders. All right. All right. All right. I'm just Utmost saying. confidence in Kazuchika Okada. Now, the second part of this question is a tag team that we will take on collectively. Since I'm taking on Okada, yeah. I need uh, uh, something a little easier for my tag match. Okay. So I want us to face Yano and somebody else. Oh, wow. Okay. But Ishii is kind of a hard-hitting guy. Yeah. So I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want Yano and Ishii. I need something a little easier. Look, can I just throw this out there really quick? All right. Can we get Yano and Taguchi to team up. Well, wait. This is across the wrestling world, yeah. right? How fun would a New Day match be? Oh, no. Undisputed Era. <laughs> there we go. That's it. Undisputed Era. I love it. Here's the thing. It'd be, but it would be a six-man. Yeah. It'd be... You, me, Luchando. Exactly. Against Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. and Roderick Strong. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's, That's what it. you do. That's what you do. That's perfect. Heck. Toss a new day in there too. Can we can we can we book that uh, as a as a pay per view special event? Yeah. What do we what Wrestle, do we call it? WrestleMania King Wrestle Kingdom Mania Kingdom Mania of Honor something like that of Honor, and then just book like ridiculous matches like yeah, that. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a good idea. Larson versus Okada, Steve, Steve versus, versus Kota Ibushi. But I'm going to be dressed up like a blow up doll. There you go. Uh, next up from Adam Nuttall, aka Steve Zodiac Killer. This is a terrifying video question. Yeah, it is. Let's take a look. Hello, Stephen Larson, and this is another match at question from Z Steve Zodiac Killer. Um, now, lesson here is always have your weapons hidden in plain sight so you know where they are just in case. Um, but the actual match at question is with you doing your own um, wrestling match, would you rather be commentators or managers? Uh, thank you, and I'll see you next time. That was terrifying. It was something else. Oh, man. He's going to. Wow. Goodness. Anyways. Get uh, that guy in the no-fly list. So we, we we keep that Atlantic Ocean separating us. All right. Oh, man. Well, I get to go first, right? I want to be a manager. Okay. Tell me why. I don't like talking that much. Commentators have talked for the whole show. It's a lot of talking. 
It's literally what you do if you're. What are we do? What are we going to do with the Colonial on July seventh, dude? Are we gonna Are we gonna commentate? Are we gonna like record our own thing? We're just gonna sit there. I don't know. We have to discuss all that. Yeah, we have to figure all that out. Yeah, we're not gonna manage. I don't know. There's the thing about managing. Sometimes managers have to take bumps. Yeah, but I'm not gonna take a bump. It. This, this is just like you know, ideal. Yeah, sure. If I had a choice between managing, well, Paul Heyman doesn't really take bumps anymore. That's true. I'm gonna be a manager. Okay. You get to walk walk down the ring with your with your client. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if they're champing and hold that belt. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be awesome. You, so you just want the rub. Oh, that you yeah. Want the and champions they don't talk rub. as much as commentators. They've talked for the entire show two three hours. Yeah. I mean, here we talk for an hour. Uh, and then we take a break. Yeah. They get no breaks. We get a break in complete silence. Yeah. We don't talk at all. Yeah. When we're not, I mean, period. Yeah. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Um, so I want to be a manager. Mm-hmm. I'm out there for either a promo, so that's five minutes, or, or a match, 12 to 15. Yeah. My night's done. So you wouldn't be, so you just want to be a manager kayfabe. You wouldn't want to be like a Paul Ellering type. Oh, I could if, if that's like booking flights. If the client, uh, you know, one of that, that level of service, then yes. Yeah. But then your price would go up. Of course. Obviously. It's more work. Absolutely. No, I think I'm with you. Although, you know, as Minnesota Joe pointed out, I'm more a creature of comfort. So maybe just like a recliner and like a headset microphone. Mm-hmm. So I could just kick back and do this, you know, put my legs up. See, in my mind, though, it's like I'll go out there as manager, do my bit, whether it be promo or, or you know, uh, going out for a match. Mm-hmm. And again, after about, at most, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. I can go backstage, yeah. go to catering. Talk to some people. Talk to some people. Yeah, okay. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. That's living in comfort, All Steve. Right. You know manager. What? Maybe I've, maybe you've convinced me. I could be manager, too. No, only I could be manager. Only, only your manager? No, you have to be commentator. Oh, That's man. how the show works. Who am I going to commentate with? If you're going to be manager. Luchando. Oh, he's the worst. Can't he just be manager? I thought you were going to be managing him. Um, next up, we got a question from Zach S. The legacy going in raw. Nat Chatter. <laughs> he's been doing it forever. Him and yeah. AOR. Yeah. And Patrick Sparks. Yeah, let's see what he has to say. What's good, Stephen Larson? Many friendos out there. It's your official friendo verse IWGP heavyweight champ, Zach S. My question for match at this week is... Let's say in an alternate universe, the Bullet Club never happens. How do you think independent wrestling and New Japan are? Are they still as popular? Is independent wrestling still as popular without the Bullet Club? New Japan still has, you know, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, all those wrestlers. But there is no Bullet Club, no elite. Is independent wrestling and New Japan still as popular as it is today? Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. Um... I'll be honest, I kind of think that I'm not sure how successful their westward expansion would be if not for Bullet Club sort of anchoring um, the English language thing. Uh, I mean, I think that, that, you know, they could probably still, they probably still could have done it. I'm not sure it would have been nearly as successful or as popular without you're taking out a lot of talent. Well, no, the talent would still be there, just the Bullet Club branding and faction name would not be there. Kenny Omega would still be there. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's in that case, it's really difficult to speculate. Like, I mean, that, what that, roles they would have? Yeah, yeah, but you know, the the talent would still be there. And I think what really separates New Japan from any other promotion in the world is the level of matches you get. And yeah, I, I agree. Without without Bullet Club kind of capturing the imagination of wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. 
they might might not be as popular. Yeah. But I think as we saw with All In, there is definitely a hunger for a WWE alternative and uh you know, New Japan is probably at the the forefront of that because they offer up a, a very different style of wrestling, um better matches for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um uh, that would still be the case, I think, even without Bull Club. So, maybe not not as popular. But I think they would still be able to make inroads here in, in I mean, North even, America. Even in the All States. In has its basis steeped in Bullet Club mythology. Oh, yeah. You know? So, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I, I tend to think that it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be nearly as, as, as successful as it has been. I mean, you, know, you look at any wrestling show, it's just covered in Bullet Club shirts, you know? And it's like good on them for striking while they aren't. It's kind of like that question we had um, a couple weeks ago where somebody asked, uh, would the WWF been, you know, would they have taken the lead against WCW were it not for Austin and The Rock? I mean, granted, I, I understand that, you know, it, you know, you're saying keep the talent in, but if, if they had, with The Rock, for example, if he had remained Rocky Maivia, and they kept on trying to push that and never turned him heel. He just, we wouldn't have known what that talent would have been mm-hmm. with Steve Austin. If they had kept him in the ringmaster and they kept DiBiase on the mic for him and didn't let him talk, mm-hmm. you know, he might've fizzled out. We never know what he would have been. Even if he stayed there, I'm not sure it would have been nearly as successful. It might've been a much tougher fight against WCW. WCW ended up just shooting themselves in the foot, to be honest with you. But uh, so I don't know. I mean, if you take, if you take the bullet club branding out of it, because fans wouldn't have something really to hold on to and say, wow, that entire thing is so cool. Yes, you'd still have the same great matches, and maybe that's all that matters, but I still think the hook right there really you know, is, is, is necessary. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. So, anyways, um, well done. Good, yes. Next up from Y2 Jeremy. Let's see what Y2 Jeremy Bring has to say. Bring the walls down! Hey, Steven Larson, Cancer Man, also known as Y2 Jeremy here, for a Matt Chat question. I'm not a huge fan of the women's revolution, and it seems lately with a lot of the booking, if it doesn't have anything to do with Asuka or Charlotte or now even Nia Jax, everybody's kind of degraded back into the diva role. Do you think it's going to continue that way? I personally don't care too much for the diva wrestling. I respect the women's revolution. I, I, I know what they do is important and I do like a little bit of Oscar and I really like uh, Lacey Evans, but it's not what I pay to see. I know I'm not alone in this, but anyway, what do you guys think? Too sweet. A hearty handshake and we'll catch you later. Thank you. Y2 Jeremy. Thank you. Y2 Jeremy. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of what they're doing on SmackDown right now. Yeah, me too. Like, like everything else, it there, can- it's cyclical. There's, there's, you know, they'll put attention to certain stories and not put so much attention to other stories. I mean, for for the longest time, we were, sorry, you know, critical of what they were doing on SmackDown because it didn't really seem like they were pushing anybody. So aimless. Yeah, it was so aimless. aimless. Um, and then over on Raw, we were getting like the whole Sasha Charlotte feud was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and w- so right now on SmackDown, we're really into it mm-hmm. while on raw, like oh, this whole I, Nia I Jax, stand, Ronda yeah. Rousey thing, even before that, like the Nia Alexa bliss thing. Oh, I can't stand the like how they're misusing Sasha and, uh, and Bailey. But I guess my, my thing about that also is it's kind of no different really than the men's than the men's yeah. division. Yeah. So I think all in all, like they've shifted the focus 
from what it used to be, which was just, you know, not an emphasis on, on wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even with the Nia Jax, Ronda Rousey stuff, you know, you can poo poo it. But last week I, I really liked Nia Jax, even if it wasn't executed like the way it could have been Nia Jax putting on a clinic to demonstrate that Ronda Rousey didn't never have faced anybody like her before, in yeah. the ring yeah. in competition, you yeah. know, using wrestling to get her point across. Mm-hmm. And so they're using the actual concept of wrestling to get their stories through when it's done right. Yes. We've seen when it's done wrong and it's Alexa Bliss, you know, talking crap about Nia Jax behind mm-hmm. her back mm-hmm. and it's just cringeworthy. Yeah. Alexa Bliss and Bailey, this is your life. It's totally cringeworthy yeah. and it's not where they should be going. And so, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, I like what they're doing. I think it's no better or worse than what they're giving the yes. men. Yes. Which is kind of the whole point of the thing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, uh, in terms of the, the, the varying degrees of quality across divisions, across shows. I mean, I made this point on their SmackDown recap mm-hmm. this past week. Compare the Carmella Oscar segment on SmackDown, where Carmella was going to show the true Oscar. Mm-hmm. Compare that to everything they've been doing with Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. The Lashley Zayn stuff has been awful because it's, it's, it's not grounded in competition. Yeah. Whereas the Carmella Oscar segment was really good. Yeah. Totally. Because it was all based on competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, it, it's, I like it when the creative is good. I don't mm-hmm. like it when mm-hmm. the creative isn't good. And that's kind of the same thing I can say about the, that's across well. the board though. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, our last video question before we get to three text questions comes from Patrick Sparks. And it's his birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday happy birthday. Patrick Sparks. Hey, friendos, Pat here. So, a couple of things. One, pretty pumped for Mayhem versus Ryan for the H title. That's fucking awesome. Congratulations on all that. Two, it's my birthday. So, that's really cool. Three, I'm going to bring it down a minute. Uh, over the Edge. 1999, Owen Hart. We all know what happened. I don't need to go into details. It was a sad moment, but the controversy coming out of that show, mainly besides his death, was that the show went on. Now I want you to debate why the show went on. Was it a good idea? Because there's been a big debate throughout the wrestling world since it happened, actually. So, what do you guys think? Thanks, Rendos. I'm going to go get fucking hammered. Bye. Thank you, Patrick Sparks. Thank you, Patrick Sparks, and happy birthday. And, <clears throat> and you need to be safe, kid. All right? He said he's going to go out and get hammered. Yes, be he's safe. He's going to get drunk. Be safe. Be safe. Be responsible. Uber and Lyft are your friends. Be responsible. Uh, tricky, tricky, tricky question, dude. I am kind. My, my opinion has always been um, I was doing like a little bit of research while we were doing this. There's mm-hmm. not a lot, you know, on the. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty more on the internet. I just haven't been able to find it. It's a little amount. I don't know if there's any been. I mean, I'm sure there has been. Um, has Vince ever said anything about his uh, state decision of mind? Ma- his state of mind at the Not time, the decision making. You don't expect somebody to die. No. During a show. No. And so the decision to keep the show going, while obviously controversial, I, uh, in my personal opinion, I don't think it was the wrong one to make. I think that if all of a sudden you, you said, hey, you know, Owen Hart, because I remember JR, you know, saying, you know, Owen has died. Um, this isn't fake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I don't know, man, if you just stop the show cold 
and say, you know, to the crowd, we've been informed that Owen Hart has passed away, uh, you know, out of respect to him in the situation we're ending the show now. I, I think you just, I think, you, do you really want to you take 15,000 people and put them in that state of mind going home? You know, well, like, I think they're in a state of mind because they saw someone fall from the ceiling. No, they didn't. And the live audience did. The lights were off, and the vast majority of people were staring oh, at the thing. I know, right. I know there, were, I know there were reports that you know some people saw something happen. Okay, but the lights were off, and they were all staring at the video package. So, I mean, I, I honestly forget. I'm sure there. I don't know. Nobody had smartphones back then because they didn't. They weren't. They didn't exist. I don't know what the crowd knew and what the crowd didn't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I would suspect that JR told the audience or told the, the TV te- television audience, audience. Yes. But if the vast majority of the people in that arena, I mean, obviously it was probably in the back of their minds. Yeah. But I'm not sure how many of those people actually would have been aware know, that he died. Do you, know, do you know if they ever announced to the live crowd? I don't think they did. But I don't know. I honestly don't. Um, if they announced to the crowd that he died and then kept the show going, that's a little off. But it's kind of the type of thing where it's like, look, this jacked up thing happened. But you know, there's only a couple matches left. Let's just finish it out. And then they'll find out when they find out. It's a t- it's a tough decision. To it's make. a tough spot to be in. I know. And, and, so and I don't, of course, I in, in, in hindsight, you know, it's probably easier to make a call one way or the other. Again, in hindsight, but you know, I mean, I, when when I, we were listening to this question, I, I was thinking, and it's not exactly related, but um, when uh, Vince announced at Bad Blood that Brian Pillman mm-hmm. um, had passed away the previous day, and you can first see how shook up he was by it but also it also seemed like he didn't know exactly how to approach it oh god yeah you know on air yeah um and i can only imagine that was kind of the state backstage after that incident that no one knew what was going on um people were probably unsure about how to proceed mm-hmm. and then someone probably vince just said all right well we'll, we'll, we'll just made a, a, a decision we'll just keep going right 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 um in hindsight if they had said, you know, we're, hey, given what just happened, we're going to stop the show, I would not begrudge them yeah. of that decision. Yeah. Um, it, it would have been an appropriate response to what happened, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the fall happened during a video package, so it was never shown live. Everyone didn't have camera phones and such to record it. Well, shown live, like on the television feed, I know that, but... You, you know, like we've been to shows where they show video packages. Sometimes the lights are down, sometimes they're not. Well, I know the lights were down. Oh. I know that. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to, somebody posed the question here. I'm just on like a, a message yeah, yeah, board yeah. here. If the live crowd was uh, aware of was aware of it. Um, okay, so this person claims that they were there. I was, I was 17. We were 20, 30 rows behind the announcer's table. It was a weird experience. We had no idea what was going on, but obviously something had went wrong. Um, we had no idea what we were witnessing. Barely saw Owen fall. At the last second before he hit the ring post and the ropes, we noticed him in the air, but had no idea what was going on. 
Didn't find out he had died until I got home and saw it on the news. So it doesn't say if, if that guy is to be believed, it sounds like, like they, they didn't announce anything to the arena. Right. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. I it, like, like we both said, you know, it's, it's so easy to play, you know, armchair quarterback or whatever, but, uh, but I don't know. I don't know how you tell people 17,000 people, including kids, like that's a conversation that should go down between parents and get you, you know, bringing kids out there and you, you know, we've got we received word that Owen Hart has passed away. We're stopping the show out of respect to him and the situation and the workers in the back, you know? Um, so, you know, bring the lights up and everybody needs to go home now. I don't know how you do that to 17,000 people. You know, that's a pretty heavy thing. You just came out and saw a dude die basically. It's different today. It's way different today because of how information is disseminated. Back then, the crowd, you know. Everybody had their phone out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if the, if the crowd's sitting there back then, lights are out, people are just confused. It's easy to sort of like, okay, well, out of sight, out of mind. I'm not, I don't know that a guy just died. I don't know, you know. I would think that just letting the show continue and finish, and then you figure the rest out. It's like, you know, just let the people enjoy the show. They go home. They figure out on their own time. I kind of feel like that's the appropriate way to go. I totally understand the other point of view. I totally get that. I mean, Jeff Jarrett, apparently in his book or somebody's book, said that he was essentially shoved out the curtain to go do his thing Mm -hmm. as Owen was wheeled past him. Yeah, that's... Which is horrifying. If you were wheeled past me, get your hands off me. I'm going to go see him, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you're that's in a situation, another, yeah. that's another aspect is, is, is you know, uh, from my understanding, Owen is pretty well liked backstage. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was loved, and, yeah. And for, you know, I don't know how many matches were left on the card, whether it be two or four or one. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough for any performer to have to go out there oh, after yeah, absolutely. seeing what they saw happen. Yeah, no, first, absolutely, yeah, and I can't, like... You know, I'm not. I'm not saying there is a right answer because I don't think there is one. Yeah, I don't think there is either. I mean, you know, the seventeen or fifteen thousand people, whatever it is, seventeen thousand people or fifteen thousand people or ten thousand people in the crowd. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I, my inclination is to say, yeah, let the show continue and then and then go from there, as opposed to letting ten thousand people go home in in shocked silence. You know. I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think? I mean, even if they didn't see the fall itself, they saw the, the aftermath of it. They'd see a guy being attended to by a bevy of medical staff. Sure, yeah. Uh, did they? I don't know if they tried to uh, do any sort of life support or, or, or revive him while he was out there. I know they did in the ring. They tried. Okay, so and, people would know in that sense the, the gravity of the situation. Mm-hmm, sure, then. yeah. So as long as... I, th- I think if, if the crowd generally understood the gravity of the situation that was going on and was could understand that what was being presented, what was in front of them wasn't being presented to them as part of storyline, but was in fact real. Mm-hmm. That if someone had got on, first of all, if they saw what was going on, it's like, oh crap, this is bad. Mm-hmm. There's already going to be 15,000 people in stunned silence because they might just see someone die in front of them. Yeah, but oh, but that's not what happened. Like what happened was confusion. No, I understand. I you understand. Know. I mean, like some people might not have been paying attention at all and to say, okay, this is strange, but you know, if, if people were paying attention to what was going on and saw what was happening mm-hmm. in the ring, not him falling, but pe- him sure, trying to be yeah. revived in yeah. the ring. I mean, there's, there's, but if they didn't announce anything, no, I understand. But saying he, they, they just go back based there. on what you see, 
it seems pretty unambiguous that someone needs life support or needs to be revived in the ring. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to enjoy a wrestling yeah. show after maybe seeing someone die. Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. I, I totally get you. I understand. And again, it's, it's hard to put yourself and in that situation. If, like, you know, granted, I wasn't there, but if I was and I saw that and I understood, okay, they were trying to revive this guy. Oh, crap, this is bad. Yeah. I can't check, separate that from whatever may happen afterwards. Like, I'm going to be here sitting in my seat. Oh, the show's going on. That seems strange. Why, the, if someone maybe just died here, why are they doing that? And then yeah, I'm already going to be like, know. I don't know. I'm, I can only speak for myself. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not going to be able to say, oh, okay, they're wheeling the back. I hope he's fine. And then on with the show. I, I just don't, I don't also see myself, again, speaking personally, be able to separate. I mean, we saw a guy get set on fire and I wanted to leave immediately at, a, at an XPW show. Yeah, and that was nowhere near as awful as maybe seeing someone fall from the ceiling and and die in front of you. I I guess my counter to that is this. If the majority of the people... Here's the thing. If you don't expect... It's It's so out of the ordinary. So completely out of the ordinary to go to a show. These are wrestlers that you see. Like, if you're paying for a ticket, you're seeing them put their lives at risk every single week. You know what I mean? It's so out of the ordinary. If you don't quite comprehend like how bad it was, if I'll put it this way, you're sitting there, you're watching the video package, you hear a blah, 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 or whatever, whatever happens in the ring, right? Lights come up, you see. Lights come up. They start doing like life support, CPR, right? Yeah. And they put them on the stretcher. They wheel them back. I would hesitate to think that your inclination would go to worst case scenario because how do you know he didn't just fall from like 10 feet up well, as opposed I'm, to the they, entire thing? Because they generally don't do CPR people who'd only fall 10 feet. Well, you know, I, I don't know that. Unless they land their head and, and, and have no yeah, vital signs. If they hit their head. My, my point is this. It's so unexpected for somebody to die that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't naturally think, and on top of that, if they don't announce it, like they wheel him to the back. My natural inclination is probably to think, well, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he's okay. I hope he's okay. Not, I just saw a guy die. My natural inclination would be to go to the thing that would make more sense, which is, oh, I'm sure he's fine. You know, because, you know, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't, it's no, so I rare. It doesn't happen, happen but, very you know, often. If I see people act, behaving in a way and acting in a way where they're trying to bring somebody back to life, mm-hmm. um, that's going to that's gonna be my mindset is like, oh, Crap, this yeah, is but, I mean, really, I, I, really, really bad. I know, but I guess my point is 15,000 people were there, and they were still, you know, I'm not going to say hot, but they were still into the show. And so if that many people, I, I, I would go with the odds, as opposed to, you know, if there was somebody like you sitting there thinking the entire time, oh, my God, this, this show sucks now because I think I saw a guy die. Well, there was a ton of people there who obviously didn't think that right. because they were all into the show. Right. And so I would, if, if they were standing there in stunned silence and, and quiet the entire rest of the show... I totally get what you're saying. They would all have that mindset. Obviously, whatever the circumstances were, they didn't think that was the case. And so why would you then... I I don't remember what the crowd was like after that happened because I don't remember. It's been almost 20 years since I've seen that show. So I don't know. I don't remember what the crowd's reaction was. I I I watched it on the network, not the entire thing, but it was a fairly standard... It was a normal crowd after the fact. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, uh, I remember detail for detail, but I'll put it this way. Given how, you know, we saw the tape of the thing and all that kind of stuff. I think we, it would have gone down in history if 
if the crowd wasn't if the crowd wasn't stunned silence, I think like we would know that. So I don't know. I think the crowd. I think by and large, the crowd didn't know. And so I think because of that, because of that, you probably just let the show go. That's my own personal opinion. That's that's what I'm saying. Because otherwise, you're just you know you're bumming out a bunch of. They bought a ticket to be entertained, and then you're gonna say. Everybody bring up the lights. A guy just died. Go home now. That, that to me sounds like, I don't know. That sounds horrible. Well, like, I mean, it's a horrible situation. Yeah. No, it is. It's a horrible situation. I'm just saying that's where I'm coming from. If you think that they should have stopped the show, I totally understand that. That's my inclination now. I mean, I, I understand why they did what they, they, they took the approach they did. Like I said, yeah. it's, a, it's a snap decision someone had to make. Yeah. It's, it's not like a, they had, yeah. you know, hours to deliberate. Yeah. They had to make a decision immediately. They made the decision they made, and it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bad situation to be in. Yeah. Anyways, we've got a couple of text questions now to follow that conversation up. Thomas Fox, with the fast approaching Money in the Bank, I've been thinking about big gimmick matches. Personally, I feel big gimmick matches such as Hell in a Cell, TLC, and Elimination Chamber shouldn't have their own pay-per-views because it takes away from the special feel they once had. My question is, should Money in the Bank continue to have its own show or should it go back to being a WrestleMania staple? Go ahead. No, because I mean, if you're having a yearly Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. um, Money in the Bank has developed in such a major thing yeah, man. that to toss that into WrestleMania, it's a lot. Mm-hmm, sure. When it could, it could easily, as a gimmick thing, stand on its own. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I think it's kind of Hell in the Cell. Yeah, Hell in the Cell should only be used for certain feuds, for certain blow-off matches, for certain feuds that require it. Um, but money in the bank, yeah. I don't think it's such a major pivot point in the calendar of this uh, in WB now. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to have its own show. Everything still. else he mentioned, I agreed shouldn't have its own pay-per-view. TLC yep. should not have its own pay-per-view. Elimination chamber should not have its own pay-per-view. And uh, of course, hell in a cell shouldn't money in the bank. Yes. Is one of the most potentially fun. It's up there kind of with the Royal rumble in terms of unpredictability. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. absolutely should have its own pay-per-view. Tim Whalen. He says, big fan, new Patreon. Tried to submit a video question, but it was too large of a file. Uh, just a quick tip. Put it on YouTube. Just upload it to YouTube and send us a link. Yep, yep. He says, my question is, who is the next Theodore Long of this generation, man or woman, committed for the long haul manager slash ref slash general manager? I could honestly see Titus O'Neil or someone like a Kevin Owens, good mouthpiece, knows the business, could flourish in that role. I'm not sure, but I mean, it, it's funny how like the role of referee and then manager was kind of relatively fluid back there. I mean, he's Teddy Long is one out of a few people who were refs and then and did managers, other things and then general managers. Yeah, I mean, he might be. The I mean, only, he mean, might be the only guy. Who I did mean, all yeah, because things these days seem like they're so uh, specialized. You're if you're mm-hmm. a ref, you're a ref. You're yeah. a performer, you're a performer. If you're a manager, you're a manager. And there's not a whole lot of crossover. There's examples where there is crossover, but by and large, um, so I'm just trying to think of someone who has the longevity of Teddy Long, while also filling various roles. Mm-hmm. I'll put this out there. She's really young, so it might not come to fruition. She's got a lot of life ahead of her. Paige. Oh, yeah, sure. She's wrestled. She was forced to retire, it seems like. So yeah. she, now she's a general manager. I don't see her refereeing on a full-time basis. No. But I could see her filling many different roles. Yes. Should she stay in the wrestling industry 
for a long time. Mm-hmm. I hope she does too, man. I think she has a lot of wisdom to impart. Yes. Um, she, I think she's been a smashing. Oh, she's been success. fantastic. She's been, she's been absolutely fantastic. She kills it as general manager of SmackDown. Um, so no, that, I think that's a great answer. That's really good. Uh, last text question from Mo, Mo Clo, master of the low blow. You could read. That. Okay. That's like saying his name. Suppose John Cena never left the doctor, the doctor, the doctor of thugonomics gimmick, which resulted in his career never taking off as it did. Who would have been WWE's face of the company during the the knots and the better part of this decade? Thanks, friendo. Well, it was it was the thugonomics angle that really got him over. Was starting to get him over. So I guess he's saying if he had not turned. Well, when he crossed over into the PG territory, yeah. that sort of made him like mainstream crossover yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the kids were wearing his backpacks. Yeah. Um, if that, if he didn't do that, would somebody else have done that? So essentially, if John Cena wasn't the face of the company, who could have filled that role? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Not to the, that degree. Yeah. For, they probably would have tried with Orton. Yeah. Maybe Edge. Uh, Edge was good. Maybe Batista. Yeah, but I think I still feel like Batista probably would have left. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think if it wasn't Cena, I don't think it would have been anybody. Yeah. I think it would have been like the weird time when there's like just no true face of the company and they have like a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Like, they rely on their depth rather than the strength of one character yeah. as face of the company. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Instead of John Cena backpacks, it would have been full roster backpacks. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Like the t-shirts they have now with everybody on them. Yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna. We're gonna sign off now. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious to see what the crowd was like after. Yeah, after the fall. I don't remember. I've, I've seen that show once, and that yeah. was the day it ha- day after it happened. Whenever it was. Yeah, I haven't seen it again. Yeah, I mean, it would be. I mean, I can only speak. You know how I think I would have felt about. Oh, it. Oh, I get your point. And, no, and, and you know the, the closest I've ever thing. I wasn't even that close. Was seeing Supreme set on fire. Yeah, and that was early in the show, and I'm like. I'm ready to go. I do appreciate that you felt that way. The only time I've, I mean, I can't, the only time that really sticks out to me for that. See, I don't recall being, I might've felt that way. I don't recall it though. It's interesting that you do. Um, Oh, I remember that vividly. (laughs) I remember, no, I remember the fire bit. I don't remember wanting to go. Um, When me and big Jim went to go see a a screening of one of those old cannibal movies. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And it showed like animal mutilation. I was like, and then he was like, yeah, we are. And we took off. Um, it would be horrific, and but interesting if something similar to happen in the age we live in now, what the crap? Because everybody would know instantly. Yeah. Like that would just be a thing. As soon as, as, soon as it was announced legitimately. Oh, uh, on TV. Yeah. On TV, it would, it would, everybody would know immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder at that point if they had decided to keep the, the, the show going how the crowd today knowing if everybody in the arena did know, because what you're saying makes sense. Like somebody should be able to sit there and piece it together. I just feel like it was probably a whole lot of confusion. Oh, it's probably, that's probably what it was. People were paying probably varying degrees of attention to what was going on. I understand all that. And so that's why it wouldn't surprise me if they just didn't think about it, didn't know. Um, well, you know, yeah, yeah, people in attendance, yeah, that could be as entirely possible. That, like I said, I can only speak for myself. I'm kind of assuming that's the case. Um, it would probably always be. I mean, I, I'm the kind of I'm the type who, if I don't know that it's like the worst thing possible, I can probably put it out of my mind enough 
to be like, okay, let's finish out this show. And then, man, I hope that he's okay. I'll check it when I get home. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's fascinating though. But, uh, and yeah, like I said, tough situation to be in for them. Anyways, that's it for the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.